Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum, anytime, baby. Support our sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. They've got great products. Whether you're a geek or you've got an event coming up and you're just looking to look good, go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20. Tell them Axel sent you. Today is Friday, December 20th, 2019, and this is Daily DVR. Welcome back to Daily DVR. My name is Axel, and today my guest is Michael Aaron of the What Up No podcast. We're going to be talking Watchmen, maybe haps a little Star Wars as well. We'll see how time treats us. I want to start off by thanking everyone who was with us for the Watchmen, uh, the whole run of that. And I just want you to remind you to subscribe here to Daily DVR. This is our master feed. You'll get all our upcoming podcasts. In January, I'll be back with Sarah covering Peter's season of The Bachelor. Mike, you gonna wa- do you watch The Bachelor? Um, fortunately, not anymore. Oh, okay. You <laughs> gave it up. But you did at one time, though. By force, but okay, yes. Okay, okay. It's, it's fun. I watch it with my wife. I love it. And Sarah and I have a good time talking about it on Batch It Up. And then later that month, Sean and I are going to be back with Curb Your Podcast, talking a little Larry. And then in February, I didn't even re- – it just was announced the other day that Better Call Saul is coming back February 23rd, I think. Um, and I'm going to be covering that with a as-yet-unnamed – co-host it's not a guest it's a co-host i'm really excited about that but i just want to kind of finalize things before we make our grand announcement uh but in between that on daily dvr i do lots of other pods just basically picking up on news having a lot of guests talking about tv and film uh, and i release those every monday wednesday and friday on the daily dvr feed so if you are a watchman fan and you've been enjoying it Hop over, subscribe to Daily DVR, and you'll get everything that we do. Now, before Mike and I get started, I did say that I was going to announce our contest winner, and every single person who wrote in during the whole Watchmen season, I put all the names into a big hat, and I randomly picked three winners. Now, originally, I was only going to do one, but we reached our goal of 50 Apple Podcast reviews. I think we're 60-something now, and our goal of 30 patrons. So I put two other people in there. So we got three winners. Here they are. Kim from New Jersey, Grandpa James, and Ben Pope. You three have won. Kim, James, and Ben, you are our winners. I'm going to email you all, and you get to choose what prize you want from our awesome sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Check out Cufflinks.com now. They got all the new crazy rise of the Skywalker stuff. They're always awesome. Use our code DVR20. Thank you to everyone who gave us a review, everyone who wrote in, all of our patrons. This has been just an amazing season. And this is capping it off, so let's get into it. Mike, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing great, man. I'm super honored to be here. As you know, huge fan of you and everything that you do, so it's always super cool when I can carve out some time to to join you on the podcast and chat up whatever we might be talking about, whether it's Game of Thrones or I don't know if I ever hopped on a Leftovers podcast or not, but um, we both love that, and now we get to talk a little bit, uh, a little bit more Lindelof. 
Yeah, baby. Yeah, I think the last time you were here on the network was with DJ Tim Hinesworth talking about Game of Thrones, I believe. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that was a good pod that you guys did. So, but let's, we're here to talk about Watchmen. You've been watching along the entire season. I see your posts. I know every Sunday night. Let's see, you're watching what? Rick and Morty, <laughs> Watchmen. Yep. And what's your, what's the other show that you like on Sunday? Um, two, Mr. Robot and, okay. uh, Patriot Act with uh, Hassan Minhaj on there Netflix. You go. That's a lot of stuff, yep. man. But um, yeah, I love Sundays. Yeah, yeah, it is seriously. It's like uh, it is. It's church TV, you know. It's TV <laughs> church Sunday. They just keep and then Better Call Saul is going to be on Sunday too. So yeah, I, I can't wait for that. I, di- I didn't know that was coming back either. Yeah. And um, I have I actually have yet to finish the previous season. Um, I started it. Work got out of hand and. I have not yet finished it, but I absolutely love Better Call Saul, and I was loving that season as well. So I'm 1,000% going to finish that season and uh, be ready for the next one yeah, in I February. Th- so. I think our plan is to – I'm going to at least rewatch the last season, and we're going to pod a, do a like an intro pod. Um, but that season was amazing. That to me is like the best show on TV. That's a hard thing to say since there's so much TV now, but, um, I just, I get so engrossed into it. And also the filmmaking is those guys are just such professionals. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. You never know, right? Like all of a sudden you're just watching it. And then it goes into some montage that you're like, this is like TV history I'm watching. Like, I've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. You know, it'll just be silent for 10 minutes while Mike takes apart a car. Like, it's yeah, just. I, did, I remember that. And that was somehow an amazing scene. And yeah, and the whole time I was like, what's he going to take off next? Which bumper? I was like, so excited. You know, it's the way they shoot it. It's great. But um, let's talk I hope, about. I hope you're right ahead. about it being on Sunday as well. Sorry, it is. Sorry to cut you off. But yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't it, wasn't it? previously on Mondays. Yeah, it well, I believe it was I th- I th- they've moved it around and it is definitely I mean, I checked the date. It, that last time I checked it was a Sunday, so cool. Um, that um, that'll make it easier for me to watch if it's not yeah. on a weeknight. So And it deserves great. that kind of slot, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's so good. But let's okay, let's talk about Watchmen. You've been watching cool. the whole season. Obviously, we've been talking about it ad nauseum. What were your kind of overall feelings? If we want to start with the finale, how it wrapped up, what do you, what did you take from it? Like when it ended, how are you feeling and how did you feel about the season in general? So I think like, like the most of us, um, we knew that there was a lot that needed to wrap up in that finale. Um, I, I kind of went in thinking like, is this going to be a longer episode? Like, are they going to do like an hour and a half kind of deal just so they can make sure they get everything? And it was, um, I believe it was 67 minutes. And uh, I, <laughs> this is kind of like a random side note, but I'm going to bring it back around. Um, I think I saw an article that said, um, Watchmen finale leaves more questions than answers. <laughs> and I said, really? what the fuck show were you watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this, I think this is probably the tidiest, least ambi- ambiguous ending that Lindelof has done. Um, aside from the thing, aside from the the stuff with the thing with Angela at the very end, which was uh, you know obviously um, open to interpretation, but um, I feel like they they he wrapped up everything. Like I feel like he took 
um, everything he's learned from from Lost and from the leftovers. And he he admittedly says that he's a junkie when it comes to reading reviews of his own work. I think that he he took all of that and said, you know, I want to make sure that this thing is as tight as possible. And if you look, if you think back, I, I don't know um, uh, how how everyone perceived the show. I'd say in the first maybe one to three episodes, but th- those first few episodes, you're wondering like, I don't know where this is going. No. I don't know what's happening now. <laughs> where is this going to go? And to get and to arrive here at the end of episode nine and look back and go, everything makes sense and everything wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. Aside from a few dangling strands like uh, like the lube man, but like even then, if you if you are engrossed enough in the lore and you're you're on HBO.com and you're listening to the the HBO podcast, you can even get your Lube Man answer. So that's true. (laughs) um, Yeah. Everything wrapped up really nicely. I I, I was incredibly uh, pleased with this show. Um, I like that state of confusion where you are, you're confused, but you're content in knowing that the confusion will be solved at some point. And I I never felt like he was going to leave me hanging at any point. That's good to hear, man. That's really good. Yeah. What was your background on Watchmen coming in? Had you read the comic? What was your involvement in it? So um, I had read the comic. Um, I read the comic um, sometime after uh, the movie. So I saw the movie when it first came out. Um, I think this was, I believe Watchmen was after 300 for Zack Snyder. Yeah. And um I, you know, I, I really enjoyed 300 as most people did and Watchmen looked super cool. I didn't know anything about the IP at the time. So I went to go see it, you know, went in pretty blind uh, on the, on the story. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. I, I wasn't floored by it. I mean, I, I hear that the, uh, the extended cut that's like three and a half hours long is, is a lot better. The Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I have it. I haven't watched it, but. Um, I, I have. I hear I've watched it. It's it, it includes all the Black Freighter stuff, um, mm-hmm. the animated stuff. It has a lot of extra scenes, and I actually do. I do think it's better. Uh, rarely do I think something when they make these things so long. Do they make them better? But I I think it actually allows the movie to breathe a little bit more. Um, and the themes come out because of the black freighter stuff that's included, but, um, it's, it doesn't make it into a masterpiece by any standard. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the film. I I think that it's fun, but I think that he really didn't kind of clue into some of the themes that I felt when I had read the comic, but the spectacle and the, there was some stuff that he definitely did get. Yeah. And, and I, I look forward to watching the extended version, especially with a, um, a more knowledgeable set of eyes. You know, I've, I've always been into film since, since I was, uh, since I was a kid. And in, in 2009, I was a fully grown adult, but like, even now with an extra 10 years under my belt of just like, uh, just, critiquing and analyzing television and movies and learning more and more about the process. I mean, I, 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 when I was in college, I, I majored in film studies, but like, you know, just 
just learning more and more. I'd like to look at it with uh, with my current current state of uh, of knowledge of, of film and and give it a, give it another viewing. But um, yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but I, it wasn't something where I'm like, wow, that was fucking amazing. And but so then after I saw the movie, I read the comic and I bought like the hard uh, the hardcover. Um, uh, what do they call it when they uh, graphic put a bunch novel. of issues? In. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what, what? How odd that I forgot that term. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I bought that. I read that, and um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much everyone's standard kind of uh, you know history with Watchmen. But I, I admittedly am nowhere near as obsessed with it as like you know the people who are like really really into it. It was just something where when I saw that. HBO was doing a Watchmen show and that Lindelof was behind it. I said, Oh, there's two things I fuck with. I'll watch that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, for so. me, I, um, I read the comic when it came out. Oh, wow. And I, I really liked it, but I, it never was like my favorite thing, uh, because I, it was so dark. And I felt that the end of it had such a bleak, it had such a bleak ending that it just wasn't my bag. Um, And I also kind of wanted a little bit more of like the sci-fi elements to be like, I I was obsessed with the Dr. Manhattan issue, but I, an origin story, but every, but some of the other stuff, it just was like, it had, I was reading a lot of Batman at the time. So it like had elements of that detective with Rorschach. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I enjoyed the movie, but too, I too was not that fat. I became more excited when Damon Lindelof was going to do it and it was going to become a TV show. So I was actually like most yeah. excited for the show. Um, yeah. Do you feel after watching this season, did you feel that this was an appropriate continuation of the comic like do you feel like as people say it was in the spirit of that or like it held true to it i i do now um at at the start of the season i was wondering if i would feel that way just because like it felt it felt very 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 lindelof and not so much watchman at the very beginning and i think that as it progressed as he uh you know kind of started to weave the different things that didn't really seem to be connected and said like, okay, now we, we learned that Jeremy Irons is, is uh, Adrian Veidt. We learned that, um, uh, well, not even learn, but the, we introduce um, Lori Blake. Cause she, I think they didn't even introduce her until like the third or fourth episode, I think, um, you know, and starting to, to weave those storylines together. And as it progressed, I feel like it definitely, um, honors the original uh the original story and in a lot of ways i think it kind of surpasses it because for me i if i'm very content with this being what it is and not getting any future seasons like i like the idea of leaving this story where it is letting this be you know the second second edition of the watchman saga and just leaving it at that and i think i i think it works i think it it did a lot of things that are a lot more relatable today. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean that there was a lot of stuff in that show that really resonated with me. And um, yeah, no, I think it was definitely uh, 
an honorable homage to to the original product. I have come to agree that but <laughs> no, there's no but. Oh, okay. I've come to agree. I have come to agree. I I I'm kind of hoping that Damon does something different. And if they do another season, if it's anthology style or whatever, then this season just remains what it is, you know? Um, and I'm kind of like that with a lot of like, is it's like, if it's like a true detective type thing, or even if they just start again, you know, um, I would be cool with that. I'll, I would watch it. We'll have to decide if we podcast on it based on who the showrunner is, but I think we'd probably end up doing it. HBO is awesome, but I do kind of like this as a contained thing, especially when every goddamn thing in this world is IP driven, sequel, prequel, spinoff, reimagining, remake. Uh, I just get tired of it. And I know that in essence, all stories are the retelling of like whatever six or seven different stories, but at least you'd give it a person, a different name or <laughs> different, like they just keep on remaking everything. And like, I can't get excited. Like even these ghostbusters or even like star Wars, like I'm kind of, I don't know, you know, I just feel like. When something shines through like the Mandalorian and is just itself, I, I'm just like, cool, somebody, some creative person got a chance to just go buck wild, do what they want to do. And they loved what they were doing. And really, Damon said in interviews that they basically put every idea they had into this season. They didn't hold back because if you look at it, every episode was so dense. They could have definitely spread out this story into two seasons. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like without a doubt, uh, they could have elongated the Vite stuff and so many different, you know, so, um, I I'm kind of happy with it being what it is, but let's get into some feedback and this will also give you an opportunity to expound more and we'll get into, uh, the, this whole season, really. Uh, let's start cool. out with Andy. Love the finale. I hope there is no second season. Hmm. I guess I put this first for a reason. But if there <laughs> is, I will watch. They left plenty of ways to go. I kind of want to know more about the elephant. Don't we all? What do you think about the elephant? Does that plague you? Or are you happy with it? It was just kind of cool and weird. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent. Um, I, in the moment... My immediate reaction was like, ah, uh, because an elephant never forgets. Uh, ah, yeah. it's kind of corny, but ah, uh, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't a thing where I was particularly upset about it, but it was one of those things I was like, okay, so yeah, I get it. Uh, like when somebody tells a dad joke and you're just kind of like, ah, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Well, so I, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't the best idea, but um, he talked about that on the on the HBO podcast and, and how that came about. So, um, if you haven't listened to that, it's, a, it's an interesting listen. There you go. That's cool. I have not had a chance to listen to that yet. Oh yeah. It's a really good episode. All right. Uh, awesome. I, I look forward to it. Uh, Andy continues. I think the most interesting thing would be if we see the fallout for a season two, see the fallout of Redford being arrested and what happens when the public finds out about the squid hoax, Maybe the Watchmen will need to return. I like that idea, 
But then on the same tip that you're talking about, the Pedipedia stuff, Mm -hmm. if you read that last Pedipedia note, it's almost as if they were – it's interesting that because if they do do a second season, that's kind of the last thing that happened, you know? And um, in it, they kind of steer away from – that stuff they they kind of say that Lori is being um uh debriefed and that they that the ideas that Petey had or this the hoax like they kind of mention that as though they're trying to like put all that aside and maybe even let Vite go so I I if that did happen that would be a cool second season um, but I almost think that I kind of think like, don't you feel like some of these plot points, unless it ties into Angela and all that, that's kind of cool, but I don't know if that is, has the same oomph that this season had. Yeah. Like that's, like if that's it's plot driven like that. Right. Yeah. Like the idea of, of. I don't, and I don't know if Andy was suggesting that the entire season would look at the fallout of Redford being arrested and, and the public finding out the squid hoax. But because um, to me, that almost sounds like if you do a second season, that just sounds like the first episode, not yeah. a, not an entire season. Yeah. But um, no, I'm sure. I, I, the, the, the best thing about this show was um, a lot of the different themes that it touched on. So um, there's only so you can only go so deep with uh, with those uh, two particular things. I think that can make for a, a great uh, stepping point. Like I said, like a first episode and then building from there. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd be interested to see that. But I also agree with Andy that um, I wouldn't go so far as to say, I hope there is no second season because that almost, that almost implies that like if a second <laughs> season announced, you'd be like, Oh fuck. Like, like that, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I do think, like I said, I, I think this season should, is enough. We don't we don't need any more. Andy will be burning up all the boards like that motherfucker, Damon. I only wanted one season. Um, yeah, right. but no, I think, but you're right. And Andy, this would be, I, now I start to think about it, kind of roll it around in my head. There would, there could be some cool thematic stuff because if you imagine that the seven Calvary and Cyclops is like taken out, right? But then Redford's taken out. So you'd think, though, that there would be other more conservative voices that rose up, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the kind of the left would be in disarray and kind of watch that pendulum could swing back to more of what we saw in the comic. And they could deal with that how people would react after. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of illusions that can be made to our own country, right? Um, from going from Obama to what we, where we are now. So that is actually, that would be kind of cool. And with the smart mind and people fleshing it out, that could be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> they want to keep it going. They could have, uh, they could have a uh, refer replaced by like John Voigt. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <president>. <laughs> and he'd just play himself and he'd love it. And then yeah. he'd end up thinking he really was president by the end of the first day of shooting. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, grandpa James himself has, has uh, some feedback, some quick stuff. First cool. is Dr. Manhattan really dead. What do you think, Mike? Yes. Okay. 
is and and when we're talking Doctor Manhattan, are we talk if we're talking about the iteration of him that yeah, is Cal, John, yeah, John, John, Cal. John or Cal, yeah, yes. Um, is did he pass his powers on? Entirely different question. But is is do I believe that the iteration that was Cal slash John Osterman? Yeah, I think so. I my answer would be I. I'm probably going to say something different than I said two days ago when we recorded, but I don't think so. I think he's alive and I think he was in the egg and I think she took it. And I think that she gets some him in some way or something different happens, maybe his powers, but also he's still there. And the reason why I came upon this, I was actually going to use this as my last, uh, my last um, feedback was I started thinking about the fact that he told her about the eggs and he told her about the water and he, and like Roberto and I talked about, he also told will right. Uh, Mm -hmm. So long ago to remind her about the egg back in like the conversation they had, it was, it was either remind her about the egg or, or something else. It was, um, uh, I, th- I know he, he did give her that, um, uh, that quote, like you need break it, break a few. Oh, eggs that's it. To make it yes. Up. Yeah. Okay. So that's it, which is egg. Um, if he, in order to see that, I think that he had to live after that. So when she eats him in the same way that he was still kind of Cal, even though he was John and he was Dr. Manhattan, then Angela comes into, it becomes almost like, um, you know, like they become symbiotic beings of each other. And just as what's important with him is his attention, his focus. Like he said, like I'm having trouble focusing now. He kept on being in different places at once his focus was what was really important because that's when he got to interact with other human beings in a meaningful way and when and how he got to actually have some sort of control over his powers or his destiny uh so i think in order to see that he had to she had to have eaten the egg and he lives on in her too so i'm going to continue to believe or I just believe right now because I said it and convinced myself (laughs) um, that he is not really dead. He's changed and he becomes like a part of Angela. So my retort to that would be that if he continues to exist, why would he tell her that their relationship ends tragically? Because that's not an ending then if they continue to exist, even in a, in a, it is. Though. I mean, it's a death and a rebirth. That was uh, tragic. What uh, happened? But it's not an ending if they continue to exist, even in some sort of. She, but she still had the. Ex- she still had the tragic experience. Yeah, but it wasn't an ending. Well, if if you choose to believe that it wasn't an ending, I think in some people's mind, I mean, she saw. Well, no, him I die, think it was an ending. You know. <laughs> 
I'm saying your 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 interpretation. No, no, I think it's a it's like a phoenix. It's a death and it's a rebirth. So you're right. I mean, in a Zen like way, you're correct. It's not an ending. It's the beginning. It's the end. It's all the same thing. But I think it does qualify for what he said. You know, like because their relationship did come to an end in a kind of different ways because also their real relationship happened while he was Cal. Mm -hmm. So he was no longer, once she had to kill Cal, that was tragic. She had to kill him. That, well, no, that, but that wasn't Cal saying that. I was like, that could be a tragic ending, ending for Cal and a beginning for Dr. Manhattan. But it wasn't Cal who said that their relationship was ending. It was Dr. Manhattan. But he is Cal. He wasn't at the time. <laughs> but he always was Cal. <laughs> oh, he was Cal the moment he became Dr. Manhattan. That's oh, the fun shit. thing to think about. Um, <laughs> when you think about like the whole, if we hold this as canon, the whole Watchmen comic, he always knew he was going to be Cal. He always knew who Hooded Justice was. He always knew all of this. You know, he yeah, just chose I- not to act on it. Can I just say that I totally go nuts for that kind of shit? <laughs> I like know, the, it's like great. time paradoxes and all that kind of, yeah. like, man, that is so my cup of tea. <laughs> that, that would be a second season for me would be something that like just is totally exists in that realm. But then you get a little crazy and it becomes like Legion, which I don't know if you continued with that show. I kind of trailed off in the second season. I know it's great. I'll probably go back to it, but I know it got kind of bonkers. That, yeah, no, that. Uh, that happened with me the same as Better Call Saul because they were they were airing at the same time. Yeah, and and just uh, just shit got out of hand, and I was watching a season, and then I just wasn't anymore. So yeah, it wasn't a conscious was... decision like I'm out. It was just like life happened, and I just wasn't able to continue. But no, I'm definitely going back and finishing Legion. I, I really enjoy Legion. Yeah, it's the the production quality is great, and what's his name Noah <laughs> Howley? Howley, yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Uh, the second part of James' question, will Beyond become the next Lady True? Um, I'm going to say no to that one as well. Yeah. I think she had a different uh, attitude. Yep. And that's why, yeah, she doesn't strike me as the as the personality type. Yeah. Although but, she's a clone of her mother and she, <laughs> her mother didn't, well, her her mother mother's didn't seem mother. anything like her. Not her mother. I'm sorry. Her grandmother yeah. doesn't seem anything like her. Like the, the grandmother seemed incredibly uh, angry and vindictive and beyond seems very Zen and yeah. nice. So, yeah. so maybe beyond is kind of like hope for the future. Like if you respect the grandma, you'll be good. And, right. And she'll just go pick up the newspapers and hang out with uh, Robert wisdom at the, uh, new- it was good to see him again in the finale. I like that. I love that dude. He's a uh, great see, who, see who Robert see who? wisdom. He pl- uh, I don't know that name. He played the um, newspaper sales guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely know the face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From The Wire. And of course, Ballers, baby. <laughs> Ballers. Yeah, he's, been on, he's, yeah, he's, he's consistently around. He's awesome. All right. We got some uh, feedback from John. Just want to thank everyone for their thoughts and insights they brought to the podcast. I can't wait to find out what Dame will do next. Since we ha- haven't heard anything yet, it seems we'll have to be waiting a couple years. I think that, you know what, John? I do think that it, this is going to be the type of thing where we might not hear anything for five, six months or, you know, like, I mean, they do it with 
with True Detective is most famously. But I mean, even like Westworld is going to take like almost a two year break. It's like 18 months or something. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a while, but as we've already talked about, you know, well, I'm, I'm kind of happy with what, whatever, if Damon wants to do it, he does it. If he doesn't, he doesn't, but I kind of like this season as it is. I think we both agree on that, but thanks for writing in John. You're the man. And John and I are going to do a podcast on Monday, uh, for a Christmas story. And I'm going to release that on Christmas baby right here on daily DVR. Sweet. Um, I actually, I think, um, what was the turn time between uh, leftovers and 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 this? I feel like it, it it feels like it hasn't been that long since the leftovers. It was like two ended. years. In two years, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Since it finished airing, and then that means that they finished they. So oh, but he probably would have finished shooting longer. Yeah. But then again, this too. So I think that I think he probably had about a year or so off. Um. I don't know what else he did during that time. I don't know if one of, well, he wrote that movie, the hunt with, um, Nick Hughes. And I think that they might, I have a feeling that Damon and Nick Hughes might create, I, I, I just want to, I will, I'd like him to do something original. You know, I think he has such a great mind. I'd like to see something wholly original. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see. Um, I, well, I mean, I think okay. you could argue that the because uh, isn't the leftovers wasn't only the first season based on a, yeah, a book. So, it, like, it, if you look at it, the two and seasons two and three are totally vastly diff- superior yeah, yeah. To, to, to to season one. So, yeah, that is true. That's why I like. I'd like to just see. I don't know. I just think he'd come up with something nuts. Um, Kevin writes in. This is great. I have a different take on the ending. Everyone I have heard speak about it assumes Angela's actions are about power. I do not see it that way. Angela loved her husband with all of her heart and was given the chance to connect with Cal one last time and took it. Not one of us would refuse that opportunity ever. That's awesome. I can't, that's what, Kevin kind of got me thinking. That's why I feel not even just in theme that she took it so quick because it was him. Like she wanted him back. Mm-hmm. There's a beauty. Yeah, no, in that. I, don't, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a controversial take at all. Uh, I don't. I know my interpretation um, wasn't necessarily about power or even trying to gain Doctor Manhattan's powers. I think it was just kind of like, I, 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 no, I, I agree with Kevin. I think it was about that. Um, I, I think that's a pretty pretty solid take. Yeah, because I mean. Gosh, you think about it. She had to see him die twice. Like first she kills Cal and then she watches John Cal Manhattan get sucked up. You know, it's really like, that's just like, that was, that was pretty tragic. Yeah. Um, All right. We have Aaron. That was beautiful, Kevin. And I like that. Uh, Have Aaron writing it. And this is not Aaron, the co-host. This is a different Aaron. And he writes a hypothetical season two, episode one opening scene, a foot hovering above the water. As the camera pulls back, the woman steps out and falls in. Angela pops her head above water and says, well, shit was worth a try. Q 
cue to the next scene at the police station with everyone not in masks, smiling and in good spirits. The camera's walking through and comes to Angela at her desk. The clock shows 9 a.m. and she makes a face as if she's about to throw up. She gets up running through people, making her way to the ladies' room. As the door closes behind her, we read the clever title script, which reads, The Chicken or the Egg, as if attached to the closing door. Angela has morning sickness. I feel the entire season is and was the story Doc Manhattan wanted to tell. He was described as not creative, so this was an interesting twisted story that played out without his control. Her taking the egg will basically impregnate her with him. She doesn't get the power of Dr. Manhattan by digesting the egg. She gets motherhood. Hmm. And he also had laid out uh, a little bit more of the email, the eggs, the um, the Clark's inability to have children. Remember in the beginning when uh, when True gives him the baby, uh, the many references to parents and bloodlines and also with Angela adopting. And it seems like the injury, they never talk about it, but it seemed like the injury she suffered during um, – uh, the, white the white knight made it so yeah. she couldn't have children or else maybe they just decided not to have children. Maybe Cal slash Dr. Manhattan couldn't procreate though. I don't know why he wouldn't be able to. All right. You can, you can do literally everything in the world. Yeah, you, can't right? procreate. you can make a little sperm, um, <laughs> right. but I, I think this is kind of cool. I, I like, and I think that this, I mean, that's why the ending was cool. Look, we have like everybody coming up with new and different shit and makes you think I love it. Yeah, I do too. I think that's a pretty cool take. I, the only thing that the only th- well, no, I take that back. I was going to say the only thing that would make me question that would be why would he plan to have her be impregnated with a a child that has a, well, actually, he doesn't say that the child would be Doctor Manhattan. He just says that the egg would give her motherhood. Yeah, I mean, he does. Let's say she does not get the power of she. Yeah, she gets yeah. basically impregnate her with him. So maybe she has some like a new baby that's the both of them. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I like that as an alternate. That would get the head spinning. That Do was. You good, think that man. they could find? You think that they could find success in a second season without any kind of Doctor Manhattan? You know, I think that they could because I think that Watchmen, I mean, it really is – I mean, I think the comic and it really is this story. Dr. Manhattan has so much power and it's – you can invent so much from him. Uh, it's such fertile ground. But I mean a, a story about Dan who we didn't even see the whole season. Um, oh, yeah. Night Owl, a story – you know, if we picked up on Laurie or – I mean, I really think you get creative people in a room, they could come up with something cool. It doesn't have to involve Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And maybe a Watchman without Dr. Manhattan poses even more realistic questions, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, might, might be kind of cool. Take a little break to tell you again to go to our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com has everything you need. The holiday season is upon us. But when the holidays pass, cufflinks will still be there. Birthdays, events, anniversaries look good when you step out in the morning. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order all the time. No minimum. Go to cufflinks.com now, baby. 
One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt. So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at andrewandclaireadopt at gmail.com. Thanks. All right, our last last email here from our great friend, Bill Cava. Thank you for another great season of DVR coverage. You, Aaron Roberto, as well as the other guest host, really added a ton. Thank you, Bill. You did too, buddy. I love Damon Finales. He treats his audience as intellectuals who can consume his narrative and decide what they want this story to be. Were they in purgatory? (laughs) Did Nora really cross to the other side? Did Angela eat a good egg? (laughs) He definitely (laughs) took a cue from David Chase. Watchmen Final Frame sure had a Sopranos vibe. Don't stop believing, baby. I uh, I loved it. I mean, did you kind of see it coming too? What 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 are you referring to as it? That she was going to just, that her foot was just going to stop and it was going to cut right before she stepped in the water. No, I, I didn't see it coming and I should have. Because, like, I mean, that's that's his thing. Like, yeah. I mean, he, we left the leftovers with all kinds of questions that ultimately didn't matter. You know, that, like he said, did Nora really cross the other side? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, and and it's the same thing it, I should have seen it come. It's the same thing with this. Did she get his powers from eating that egg? Doesn't really matter. So, yeah, no, um I wish I, I wish I had seen it coming, but I was sitting there staring hard as fuck at the screen like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, my I kind of like as it was happening, I picked up on and I don't credit that to me. I credit that to the show. And I credit that to just the show kind of being in tune with me and other people too, because I just think that they were so consistent in the storytelling and the way they were laying things out and just kind of like, it was, it was a confusing show, but they told you so much of what was going to happen, you know, like before it happened that if you had, if you were just listening, you could kind of see where it was going and um, I think that, uh, yeah, in the end, there was a Sopranos vibe, and I uh, and though I don't know if there was really like there there was no really cut. Was there a cut in the music? I got to go back and listen. No, the song starts after the cut is when the cover of uh, "I Am the Walrus" starts. Yeah, I think right? you're right. I am the Eggman, yeah. Cuckoo Cachoo. Bill, got to get the Sopranos in there, baby Jersey. Yeah. Are you a Sopranos fan? I have not seen it. Whoa. Yeah. I've not seen it. For real. Yeah. I, um, 
after I had my back surgery uh, a few years ago, um, I was bedridden for about three months. And um, I started watching a number of shows and um, I started The Sopranos and I, I, I watched the first episode, I believe, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't get out of it. It wasn't like, oh, fuck this. I'm not watching this. What happened was um, Game of Thrones was about to start. Oh, okay. And it I was like, took. yeah, and I was like, huh, I wonder what that show's about. Yep. <laughs> and, and and the rest is history. There you go. So. <laughs> I, I was just laughing because that first episode of The Sopranos is so weird. Tony goes chasing that guy through. I think they shot that in Menlo Park. Uh, Jersey heads know where that is, but like, just look like this big office complex and he's just chasing after him, like in front of it. It never really has that tone again. It's a weird pilot. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, this a man, one day you should watch. I've, I've been thinking about doing a Sopranos podcast at some point. Um, I've kept an ongoing list of shows that I want to either kind of like, backfill my library with and just shows that I kind of want to start. And when I, I don't, I don't rank them because there's a ton, but like off the top of my head, the the ones that are at the top is I really, really, really want to start the expanse. Mm-hmm. And um, I really want to start the Sopranos and both, also both um, amazing. No, no, that's pretty much it. Those, those are, those are the two main ones. So, yeah, of uh, Game of Thrones got in the way of The Sopranos when I was trying to decide what I was going to watch. Man, I just think if I did a Sopranos podcast, I would really have to get into some deep, uh, like personal historical shit because I grew up in Jersey, and my dad grew up in like South Orange and in and around different areas in Newark and shit in jersey and he ran with a lot of mafiosos and like that shit like i knew a lot of those people growing up uh man one day heath and i have got to do do a sopranos one and he can bring in some of uh some of his stories too because that shit is like oh man that was like when i was watching uh the irishman and I just start cracking up at different points. And my wife is like, what are you laughing? At? I was like, oh my God, I know so many dudes like, like, did you see the Irishman? Nope, not yet. Okay. There's just this one part where he's like haggling with this guy and it's just so, it's so fucking Jersey in New York. I love it. All right. We, <laughs> uh, we digress. Watchmen. Bill, thank you for the email. So that's all we got for feedback. But I do want to talk a little bit more Watchmen with you. I want to ask you what you thought about the racial themes that went throughout it, because that was such a big part of the show. Um, it In the end, um, especially in the finale, you know, the seventh Calvary becomes the joke that they are, you know. Um, and those themes were maybe a little bit less present, though they're part of the texture of the show but earlier in the season and then like i'm saying in the texture of the show it's definitely a heavy part of it and coming into it that was something that damon talks about being nervous about and a lot of press was about it and it got a lot of bad reviews on rotten tomatoes or whatever but what was your take on that so when 
when I talked earlier about a lot of the themes from the show, obviously um, that stuff was a big deal for me. And there are two things that I, I, I took away from this show as, as it pertains to the, the racial stuff. The, I really found it interesting, the whole concept of Will having to uh, wear a hood and paint his eyes white and Angela currently, uh, you know, covering, you know, wearing a hood and painting her eyes black. Um, I, I, I found that motif to be super interesting. Like, the, like that completely caught me off guard. The idea that that Will was hooded justice and was having this relationship with um, what was his name? Um, I have not Captain been able to remember. Metropolis. Yes, Metro- I have not been able to remember his name this entire season. It's so ridiculous. Um, it, really, it really is. <laughs> uh, I love but, it. But yeah, I, I thought that I, I I absolutely love that aspect of it. The idea that like you, you know you want to be a superhero, but you can't be a superhero and be black. I thought that was. Uh, really really interesting and then the other piece that it's not so much something from the show but the other piece that um was a really big takeaway for me is like right now as a as a black man in in the united states it's allies feel hard to come by and to watch something like that and to listen to a lot of the stuff that lindelof was saying on the podcast it was just refreshing to to have another to have an ally and someone who is pretty keenly aware even if it's even if it's via people who are in his camp who are saying hey maybe you should say it this way or maybe you should say it that yeah. way or you know even being aware enough to know that you need people like that in your camp because you want to make this statement and you want to make it in a way that resonates with this community like the fact just just Another white ally means a lot to me, I guess would be the would be the best way to put it. And I that was never something that I looked at Damon Lindelof as as someone who might be that or like it was something that never came up to me in any of his any of his previous shows. So for me to come away from this feeling like this is something that's important to him and it's something that matters to him and this is a story that he wanted to tell and he was at least aware enough to to bring people in his circle to make sure that he told this in a way that would resonate with us and that would not be offensive or, or, or slight us in any kind of way. Um, that, that actually meant a lot to me. And if, if I could tell him that I, I, I really would, cause I feel like he'd appreciate it. Just, it, it was, it was, re- it was really uh, impactful. That's awesome, man. That's awesome to hear. The thing that impressed me as a white dude is I like the way when he talked about it and you just said it, that he would say like on the podcast and interviews, and that's what I kind of always have appreciated, I think, about his intellect and the way he creates these worlds, is he's not afraid to say, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here, right? Like I should ask maybe somebody else who might know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's not afraid to I think the best way you can be an ally in any situation is to admit that you admit your ignorance and try to learn as you're going through this process 
And I think the show kind of shows that, right? Because like the stuff you mentioned about um, Will having to wear like white face to be a hero, that's some pretty deep stuff, right? Yeah. And that says like we had some emails about that, about it says something about um, the history of people passing, right? It says something about the way people construct race in this country um, and choose who is white and who is black based on what, right? Um, mm-hmm. And how there's been controversies about that and how that, even that that's been a point of contention. And I think that the way that the show brought it up, would you agree that it didn't try to give you answers? It tried to open people up to kind of like think more about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There there are no answers. I mean, yeah. there's 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 excellent suggestions, but like, you know, that the, the, there's nothing that is going to be solved by the Watchmen TV show. But there is there's going to be <laughs> just this be, podcast. but there can be conversations and um i think that even if you don't have conversations just the and i i don't i don't think this is touched upon enough but the acknowledgement of having allies it means a lot it really does because like a lot of times it feels like there aren't any so it means a lot for me personally to 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 know that that we have allies and he might not know that he might've just, you know, Hey, I want to tell this story and I want to make this statement. But um, I, I feel like he more than likely underestimated the impact of portraying himself as the showrunner. And as somebody who, who wanted to make something like this, that was um, relatable and acceptable to, to the black community. Like, I don't think, I, I feel like he didn't really see himself as an ally, at least not, intentionally but um that was what i took from it and yeah that means a lot to me and i I thought he um he either handled everything well or he at the very least incorporated the correct people to help him handle it well yeah that's awesome that's great man that is uh do you have anything else you want to talk about about watchmen you want to get a little star wars in before we go or what do you want to do yeah, man, let's uh let's talk a little uh Mandalorian and and uh and Star Wars before we wrap up. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great way. That's going to be probably the last time we talk about Watchmen for a while. It's been awesome, but we're going to talk about a little bit about Star Wars before we talk about Mandalorian or anything like that. We got to settle a beef here. Okay. Cuz we've been going at it on the old Facebooky. And yeah, yeah. you 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 are one who says that the last Jedi threw out things. I, if I understand, I'm going to let you you explain it to me because I love the last Jedi and I think the Force Awakens. I liked it. It's Star Wars, but I felt like it was like kind of like a rehash, like a mashup of the greatest hits, and kind of throwing people in there. Whereas I feel like the last Jedi was like a re, it really said something. It took chances. It was uneven. There was like whole parts with Finn was like a kid's movie, but that's okay. These are kids movies, but you tell me what your point is so we can argue more. 
Well, the first thing, well, the first thing I want to say is I don't disagree with anything that you just said. Oh, okay, cool. I think that, I think that episode seven was um, a rehashing of the greatest hits. It felt like um, super duper fan service. I mean, I enjoyed it, but like, if anyone says uh, they just basically copied episode four, I would not argue that at all. Um, and I don't argue that episode eight took chances. I don't argue that it presented some interesting themes. I don't argue what you just said about the, the Finn plot. Um, I thought that whole portion with like the casino and, and Justin Thoreau's character and all that kind of stuff, like, and the, I, I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> there, was, there was some weak stuff, but it, it's just, for me, my issue with the last Jedi was that um, when I watched a force awakens that that film told me that um ray's parentage or her her past was important it told me that snoke was important it told me uh what else i'm i'm not, I'm not going to sit here and try to try to remember all the things that all the expectations that it set forth like okay, these are the kinds of things that you should expect to see going forward. These are the things that are important. It was it was it was the groundwork. It's the first movie that of the trilogy Luke was vital to saving yeah. them. That right? You, yeah. All these expectations yeah. were subverted. But that's what I'm trying. What I was my, my point is, I liked that. Like when you get a movie, I, I that sets up all this stuff, and it's and it's in a rather kind of rehashed way, even though it is a fun movie. I was just rewatching it the other day. Um, I like that they came back with this big blockbuster that kind of turned everything on its head. I like that they took out Snoke. I like mm-hmm. that they burned the, the Jedi temple and that Luke was an old curmudgeon. Um, I like that when they, in the movie, when um, he says that your parent to her, your parents are nothing. I was, I, I, I went, yes, I was so happy that she was nothing because it so, like democratizes the force. So then where do you go from there? Because like, if, if, if the first movie tells you these things matter and then the second movie tells you they don't, <laughs> then to me, you need to lay forth. Okay. So now what does matter then? And it, it seemed like episode eight existed solely to dismiss everything that happened in episode seven. And like, so you talk about subverting expectations. I like subverting expectations when we're talking about say a single film, whereas in you enter that film and you see like, Oh, okay. These sorts of things are happening. Oh, I I bet this is what's going to happen. And then that doesn't happen. I'm cool with that sort of thing, but we're talking about something that's meant to be a trilogy and you're establishing all new rules, all new characters, all new plot lines. And this is something that's is in theory supposed to play out over the course of three films. I, it, it seems incredibly jarring to me to have that initial movie say one thing and then have the middle movie say something entirely different. And then now theoretically, since the third movie is now being made by the same person who made the first movie, possibly the third movie saying something entirely different as well. And I think where this trilogy will ultimately fail is that it is not it. At least it feels like it was never planned out as a trilogy. It was we're going to make three movies, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's meant to be a trilogy. It, it's it feels very let's fly by the seat of our pants. No pun intended. Um, 
and 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 see what happens and make this money. And uh, that's I, why I'm concerned going into this. I I I, I think I, you know what I think I see your point now, and I I don't disagree. I guess what I saw as a course correction, you are I think quite legitimately seeing it as the same thing, but then saying, doesn't that kind of make it uneven? And it's not, I, I understand your point. It's not yeah, like I mean, I, they had this planned out and we can kind of see the arc of it. It was, those two movies are vastly different. And from what I'm hearing, I know no spoilers, but I could only assume also from little, you know, articles or quotes, which you can never quite believe, but it kind of seemed like Disney and Kathleen Kennedy and the, like the star Wars JJ, they were kind of trying to get and the actors even were trying to like soothe people like, don't worry, we're going to get back to that stuff. But then that makes you feel like they're going to disregard what happened um, in, in the last Jedi and for people like me, that makes me unhappy, but I could see if they're giving it a chance to, to, to kind of fix it at the end, it does prove your point, which is, I, this is what I think. I think they should have just done the heir to the empire, the Timothy Zahn books. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read, I read like a couple of them. I don't think I finished them because there's, and then there's so many other, other books and comics that came out. Um, but in that there's solo twins and there's a girl and a boy and Ben solo Kylo Ren. It's, it's very similar character. Um, that's in those books. Some different things happen, of course, but, uh, I thought that they, you know, when Kathleen Kennedy said star Wars is different, it's not like, you know, uh, Marvel, where we have all the comics and people are like, what are you talking about? There's like all these books <laughs> right. that you dis- you threw them all out. And plus, you didn't throw them all out because you actually stole a lot of that stuff, but you mashed it up. And I think in essence, the, the I, I think you're right. And it's a sad thing to say, but I think that the, the as a as a trilogy is going to like rank below the prequels. Uh, it might and and because the prequels are very they work together like they are uniform like you can i watch them one after the other they, they are. are consistent as hell they they are and I, I think i think a good way to look at um look at a trilogy would be you know like a piece of artwork right like if you have a piece of artwork and you say hey i want to make uh whatever this painting may be and i want three artists to uh work on this painting and those three artists work together to make one painting, then it's probably going to work out. But if you say, I want to make one painting and I want three artists to work on it and they don't collaborate at all. And each of them does their own yeah. thing. It's not going to make a cohesive painting. It's going to be a fuck. It's going to be a clusterfuck. Yeah. It's like, like a bad that's group how- on project runway. <laughs> yes. So it, it that's, that's, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but like, that's how I feel like this trilogy is going to end up being because it wasn't made, it wasn't planned out to be one, one thing in three parts. It was just planned out to be three things. And, and it's not, it's just not working for me cohesively. Like, and 
it's gonna take for this for this to be pulled off. It's gonna take like the ultimate fucking retcon and from Abrams, and I, I just I just don't see it being possible. I just I'm gonna go to the movie tomorrow, and I'm just gonna hope it's not a fucking turd. And if it's not, great. <laughs> like, but I, I don't I don't really know what to expect. Yeah. I'm just hoping for something that's satisfying, and then I hope that Disney. Um, uh, I hope Kathleen Kennedy doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars anymore, and I hope that they leave film alone for a while and let uh, let the Mandalorian do its thing on on Disney Plus. Throw that uh, that Obi Wan show on yep, there, and, and just and just let you know let that kind of exist for a while, and then if you want to do another trilogy again, come back with um, you know an entirely separate. Skywalkerless storyline with entirely new characters, and ideally, at the very if you can't get one person to do all three movies, at the very least, clearly have the directors of the three movies working together because it was it was very clear that Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams were not working together to make a trilogy. They were they were making their own. Movies. How about they just write them all together? Like that's, uh, you know, yep, you bring, no, that's fine. Yeah. You bring up a good point, man, because I must admit that I have my prejudice, um, against these big blockbuster things. And I, I honestly think yeah, you definitely that do. <laughs> everything would be better as a TV show. I think all the Marvel <laughs> stuff would be better as TV shows. I think star Wars, the Mandalorian kind of proves my point. I think it would be better as a TV show. I think that when they when they sit down and they break a season of TV and they write the whole season and they can put their callbacks in and it's not like – I know that's a hard thing to do, but is it really a hard thing to do? I mean, is writing – is like Ant-Man writing like The Godfather? I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> everybody <not>. gives Marvel <laughs> so much credit. They had these amazing comic books. They have so much material and they didn't really do that great a job of linking the movies unless they had to. And it's not until now when Feige has now taken over television, Marvel TV has folded into the film unit. So there's no longer a film and television. It's all one thing and Feige controls it all. That is where they're, and now they're saying you have to watch the Disney Plus stuff if you, it's going to cue into the movie. Because eventually, just put it all, put the movies on Disney Plus, make them specials. Why, you know, and then let's get some adult movies back in the theater. That's another conversation. But I think especially Star Wars is a serial, and you make a great point. It is a trilogy. When Lucas set out to make the first three, he did know where he wanted the story to go. He didn't know everything and he allowed for improvisation and creativity. Not, you know, not so much on the set. His idea of directing is like, say the lines, Carrie, <laughs> say the line, right? Like they go, yeah. what's my motivation to finish the scene. <laughs> um, but you can see there's such a difference. I've been rewatching. There's such a difference from star Wars to the empire. Like there's a reason why everyone loves the empire strikes back because like three seconds into it, you're like, Oh my God, they actually know where to point the camera. Like it, it's, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It's not just like a two shot, like shot, reverse shot, wide yeah. shot. Like they know what they're setting up, like, like feeling from it. Um, but anyway, long story short, 
I now understand your point. I'm glad we got it. It's so much better to talk on a podcast and Facebook, but you're right. It is going to kind of be a sucky trilogy. And from what I'm hearing, I don't want to. Well, hopefully not. I hope not. You know, man, I don't know. I'm not hearing great things and I'm going to like it anyway. I'll rewatch these things because like I said, these are kids movies really, you know, like, I mean, adults enjoy them, but they are kind of made for younger audiences. My son loved the Finn parts of the last Jedi. He thought that stuff was great. And it does kind of say something about the rich people. They're trying to say something there, but it really didn't come across very well. No. Um, but I'm going to try to see the movie next week uh, with Lachlan. And um, I know he's going to love it because it's Star Wars. And I'm probably going to love it, the spectacle and all that. But for me, where it's at is the Mandalorian. Are you loving this shit or what? Absolutely. <laughs> it is amazing. I love, love, love the Mandalorian, dude. Love it. <laughs> Can't get enough. Have you been uh, like on board with the lack of plot and just the kind of the slow pacing and the style? Or have you been frustrated by it? What's your feeling on that? That's kind of like the main dividing point. So um, my thoughts are a little bit split there. Um, the the pacing of it um, and the 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 plotting nature of how it's moved forward doesn't bother me at all. Um, the only thing that bothers me is that um, it seems to float between um, having like a, a serialized kind of feel to it and not having that. Um, I I don't have an issue with either form of telling a story. But I thought it was an odd decision to present the baby Yoda at the end of the first episode. And now we are at the end of the seventh episode and we know virtually nothing more about baby Yoda than we knew when we saw him in the first episode. (laughs) That's the only thing that kind of fucks with me. Like, okay, we know now we know he has force powers and now we know he can heal and that's it. And I'm, I'm, and then, you, you bring in fucking Giancarlo Esposito and shit like, man, they're, they're bringing out the big dogs and, and he comes in and he's like, yeah, this kid means more than you could ever. And I'm like, Oh, when are you going to fucking tell me about this kid? And now I got to wait, a, you know, I got to wait until next Friday to find out. But um, that's the only thing that's, that's irked me. And it, it's, uh, it, it irks me in the best way though. It's not, it doesn't irk me like yeah. in the sense of yeah. like, Oh, they're fucking this up. It irks me. Like, I just want to know more. I want to see it now. Like, why do I have to wait? It's so intriguing because, you know, so much of Star Wars has been like, there have been all these comics and books and extended universe and video games. And Lucas would like curate this and this is canon. And now this is not blah, blah, but they've never told you where Yoda comes from. Right. We've only right. ever seen Yodel, right? That female Yoda who pops yeah. up for like a second in the prequel. Um, yeah. That's all we've seen. So that mystery, they've been able to contain it. And you're right. It's like a little frustrating, but it's that good frustration. I, I've just been loved. Yeah. I just, I was just uh, on a Mandalorian podcast last night. And next week, I'm going to do one for the finale. And um it's just been such an awesome season though. I, I can't say that I think that we chose wrong not to podcast it because 
I think in order to do a podcast on it, we would have had to have one person who knew all that Star Wars shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know all of it. Like, I love Star Wars, but I don't remember, like, oh, that was a toy, or that was this, or that's a call. I don't remember all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, me, me neither. I don't really need to either. I just, I love it anyway. Yeah, and I, I think that like it's it's absolutely amazing to look at. Like, I, I, it's it's weird when I, I, I look back on the season so far, and I think about a lot of the things that I've enjoyed about it. And a lot of the things that I've enjoyed have been the things that people have criticized, like oh nothing's happening and and those kinds of things. There, there was a there was a shot in I want to say the second episode where he's trying to um, adjust his armor and like there's no there's no dialogue. It's like kind of like a wide shot. You can see like a lot of desert in the background. He's trying to like fix his armor and and the baby Yoda keeps coming up. And actually, I think he, I think he was hurt too. And the baby Yoda keeps trying to come up to him, and he keeps picking him up, putting him back in the yeah, in the carriage. Yeah. And like, like just like that scene, it was quiet, nothing was happening, but it looked beautiful. Um, the the interaction between him and him and baby Yoda, and and like I, I don't know, it it was just a moment. I was like, this is really nice. <laughs> like I, I'm really enjoying watching this right now. I and love then, that. yeah, and then like two episodes later, you get a like a fucking like heist film or some shit. Like, like what is this? And then you got fucking Bill Burr showing up. And it's it's there's all kinds of like really cool shit in that show. Like it's it's you, you get you get moments that are a little bit more subdued where you can take in the take in the visuals and just kind of enjoy what's happening. And then you get. And then in the last episode, you get a fucking Game of Thrones moment. Like you, know, you never know what you're gonna get. They really have been pulling out all the stops, and I just think, man, that's what I always wanted. I just wanted a show where you're kind of in the Star Wars universe, and they have been able to blend that, um, like Star Wars like underground seedy feeling, you know, with the mercenaries, but with bringing Mm -hmm. baby Yoda in, you get that kind of force stuff. And especially Quill, the Nick Nolte character, um, brings that kind of moralistic sense to it. Uh, and the Mandalorian himself. So it has that classic stuff. I mean, I know, did your son watch it? No, he started to, but my son is just too obsessed with playing fucking Fortnite or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, we don't yeah, allow it, that in our home, homie. Yeah, he can't. No Fortnite. He can't separate himself. He'd rather <laughs> he'd rather play with his friends and do all that stuff. He watched he watched the first two episodes and he really enjoyed it. And then it was just kind of like, okay, well now I'm gonna go do something else. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, we've been loving it. Uh, we've been loving watching it, but yeah, my kid too. We watched half an episode and he was like, so his friends, he's like, I'm gonna go play, but I'll be back. And then we watched the rest of it later. And he was like, he was jumping up and down, laughing. So it gets good for the kids, good for the adults, man. That's like with the Marvel stuff. Um, it's more teenage. You know what I mean? I think it's a little older. Uh, whereas Star Wars, I think, can hit the kids because of the creatures. They always have great creatures, you know, and animals. Yeah. I guess little baby Yoda is kind of a creature. <laughs> I can't believe they don't have those those things, man. I would have bought like five of them already. Oh yeah, no, I've. I've How do you uh, not I have, have a stuffed animal ready to go? 
because it's not out yet. I know it's like <laughs> you how, can pre-order it. And it's not. Oh, you mean like how? Oh no, yeah, like how did they? Yeah, how did yeah, they yeah. not have though? You know, like they would have killed. It would have been like the Cabbage Patch Kids of 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 yesteryear. Oh yeah, absolutely. They they could have really had a tickle me Elmo Christmas if they had that fired <laughs> up. But yeah, they, they dropped Elmo. the ball. Oh man. All right, man. Well, listen, this has been fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you have persuaded me and I understand your point about star Wars better. And I appreciated your perspective on Watchmen. Please tell everybody where they can hear you find your podcast and all that good stuff. All right. Well, uh, you can find my podcast. Uh, what up though podcast that's spelled W U D U P D O E. What up though? It's common, uh, Detroit vernacular. Uh, you can find What Up Though podcast on every single podcast thing that you can listen to podcasts on <laughs> Apple, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher whatever you listen to, it's there. Yeah, it, it's there. Whatever, you, whatever you listen to. Uh, I have my co-host Otis, um, and we just uh, hop on the microphone every week and just talk shit about whatever's going on. We're uh, we've been doing it for about five six years. We just recorded episode. I think it was. 214 last uh wow uh, uh last night so um yeah lots of content there if you want to dig in F- fair warning the early shit is pretty bad but um we didn't we didn't even realize that we weren't using our actual mics until like 50 episodes in <laughs> we were fucking using like the laptop mics un- unknowingly but uh yeah we got it down now it sounds good so um if you want to listen to a couple of guys from detroit talk about uh I don't know, whatever's going on in the world, politics, uh, black guys getting killed by the police or uh, crazy shit like getting your ass ate. It's all there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so enjoy. Yeah. And you're actually your podcast was the inspiration for another week with DJ and ready. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, we uh, actually uh, me and DJ were talking um I think two nights ago and uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna hop on another week on uh january 23rd cool that's great all right well we look forward to that and everybody go out and subscribe and of course i'll put those links in the show notes and uh hopefully we'll be hearing from you again soon man enjoy the movie tomorrow have fun yeah hope it's hope it's good yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna see i'm gonna watch next week you know what in the end I think the, the spectacle star, it'll be fun. We'll all enjoy it. Go into a, have a happy new year. Probably. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll just bitch and complain about it on a podcast. <laughs> uh, that's what we're here for. So thanks everyone for listening. Remember, um, I'm put, this is going to go on both the Watchmen and daily DVR feeds as of all the podcasts have been. But if you have just been coming to us on the Watchmen feed, go over and subscribe to Daily DVR. Uh, we're going to be back. You'll get Mindhunter, Bachelor, pods like this, pods where Heath and I are talking about stuff. We're going to have to get out. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We need to cover the Irishman. I want to talk to somebody about this tenant uh, Christopher Nolan trailer that came out. That looks awesome. Oh, I got to I gotta watch that. Yeah, I, saw it. Ballers, I, I, I gotta baby. watch that. Ballers love, man. In the end, everyone was on Ballers, baby, including The Rock. How did The Rock have a show on HBO for five seasons that was terrible? Because he's The Rock. 
Ballers, baby. It made no sense. I loved it, though. I watched it all. DJ Tim Hines loves ballers, just like Elizabeth Warren. All right. I'm starting to ramble. I'm going to go now. (laughs) Peace out, everybody.